on today's episode of Project Pundits Unplugged. Like, you did not play Pokemon Go when it came out? I didn't have kids that age, well, I, or who were into it, at least. It's not a kid. It's not a kid thing. Jim dreams of being a Pokemon master. Oh, I no, no, no. I meant, yeah, I know it's an adult thing. Absolutely. New mascot ideas. This could be our, our mascot. Uh, dumpster fire. I love the smiley face. The smiley face on the dumpster is like the best part of it. I want to find a, 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 a some sort of figure that's represents the, a, a polished turd. Like, you know, that'd be a good one to give. Story time for the stubborn. It's, the book is called If You're Riding a Horse and It Dies, Get Off. <laughs> that's the name of the book? That horse isn't looking too good. Do you think a bigger whip will help? Maybe a different rider could get the horse going. The horse needs more. <laughs> the clown! The clown! Oh my gosh! That was that was seriously good. <laughs> Welcome everybody to episode. Five of the Project Pundits Unplugged podcast. At this point, we hope all these episodes are out. We've uh, spent a lot of time getting them to uh, be uh, uh, of a decent length so that we don't lose uh, large swaths of, of watchers. So, um, Because uh, I'm just, I am so, so pontificating. That's all I do is just theorize and pontificate and you just have to cut hours of of me so i apologize jim i'm really sorry Braden even found a good clip in one of our last episodes about pontificate which i found very humorous you <laughs> did read? you like that yeah, i like that one the, the pontificate was pretty yeah. good we'll have um, to reinclude it here that's probably. right i'll have to put it in again for for those who didn't go through and listen to the other four to express one's opinions in a way considered annoyingly pompous or dogmatic. Yep. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, you got to fool around a little bit at the beginning. That's how all good things begin, fooling around <laughs> a little bit at the start. Um, going to stay away so, from that one. Keep going. So we chatted a bit about how much more of, call it your kind of, your baseline content we wanted to share before kind of going off into uh you know kind of uh, very topical topical things and i i think we have a couple more things we wanted to chat about um this one um topical controversial potentially maybe, may, right? maybe contra well it will be when we talk about it um <laughs> um you may think certain things are uh, not controversial we, you, we will make be them amazed. controversial. We can make anything <laughs> controversial. Yep. We're really good at it. Yep. How to set uh, yourself uh, apart professionally. We talked about uh, project managers, a career path. The last one, we think this is a, a good one, again, for folks who are considering this career or or those who are looking to uh, excel in, in a project management career. Uh, we want to talk about some of the things that were... Uh, really, really impactful to us progressing through our career, things we've noticed um, and things you can, you know, you can, you can work on and, and focus to really build your own brand in this space. So uh, we're going to go over. And, our, and I would say, yeah. I would say a lot of this, 
uh, all of this actually applies to anyone sure. in, I would say, the professional world. This is not exclusive. I don't think any of these are exclusive to project managers. So maybe a unique episode in that. I think it's broadly applicable to just about anyone in the professional world, um, not not just limited to the project management space. Yep. And uh, I will say that I've not followed a number of these and uh, through dumb luck, I've gotten to where I am. So, but I'll tell you the path is a lot easier if you do follow, follow a lot of these lessons. So why don't we get into it? I think the first section um, we're going to talk uh, which one of the most important things is around communication, specifically starting with written communications and how important that is. So, Braden, you want to take us through let that? Let me, yeah, let me jump in. And and I'll just, I'll say, I've actually, as Jim was saying, he hasn't always followed. I went through just now to say, okay, based <laughs> on my interactions with Jim, has he violated, you know, any of these frequently? And he he's he's not being honest there. I think the majority, I, I'm trying to see if any of these uh, he doesn't fall on. I don't think so. Pretty consistently. As we always say, it's principles versus procedures, right? So this isn't a list of follow these five steps and it will exactly make a perfect you. Know, you. N- no, but I think if you follow the principles involved, it's going to help set you apart as someone who is organized, who comes across clearly in what you're trying to say and share. Um, and comes across as a professional that someone wants on their team. And that's ultimately, I think, what we're trying to, you know, this, this isn't necessarily, if if all of this is here, it can, <laughs> I, this, this sounds terrible, but I think it can hide a lot of inadequacies. So True. if you're actually really bad at organizing and planning, but you do some of these really well, you can probably fake your way through quite, quite a bit being able to do some of these things. So let's start with written communications. Take it till you make and, it. And we, we chose to, to start. One of the first things that I want to share about um, is presentations. Now, when I shared my first presentation, my first presentation um, that, that I did, one of the first presentations that I did in a large corporate setting, the content of that presentation was extraordinary. The content, the message that I was sharing was on point, it was carefully thought out. Um, the message was great because we were we were on track, et cetera, et cetera. The presentation, the format of it was awful. It was just like blocks of texts that were not well organized, not well presented. It was it looked terrible. But me being the very logical and and I'll say very right brain person that I that I was, I said. Who cares about any of that stuff? No one's going to pay attention to what it looks like. They're going to care about um, the content of it. And boy, was I wrong. And and the rest of my career has shown me this, too, in that the way that you present the material that you present um, matters almost as much, if not, and this sounds terrible, more than the actual content that's in that deck. I have had experiences where I have had people present, make presentations that were beautiful. They were they were um, carefully organized on the page. They had great graphics. The fonts and everything in the in the presentation was consistent. They looked glossy, and the message was awful. And they were lauded as having you know some of the best presentation, the best material, um, simply because of the presentation. What I've learned. And, and the reason that we're spending time on this is that 
when people see how you present a presentation, not just the content, but the way that it's formatted, um, it reflects on the amount of attention that you give to detail. It reflects on the care that you put, the, the amount of professionalism that you're putting into something. And ultimately, you have to put equal thought into both the format of something as well as the content. When we say format, we're talking about things that you might say sound stupid, but things like um, fonts, being consistent in your use of fonts, using the same size of fonts, using the same color, um, using a color palette that is not off the wall, right? You're not having greens and purples and reds and it's inconsistent throughout the presentation. Picking a color palette at the beginning of the presentation, using that color palette consistently throughout the presentation. Um, making sure that when you have an index at the beginning, uh, you know, some sort of a contents or, or a guide for what's in your presentation, that the titles on each of the slides are consistent with that index. Um, and then on each slide, using organizers so that when someone is glancing at that slide, those organizers, when I say organizers, I, I mean generally something like subheadings or subtitles. I should be able to look at a slide and within about five seconds, know what that slide has, right? So if, if it's a summary of uh, uh, what the project's, what's gonna happen in the project, you should basically have three headings that let people quickly see what's on the slide and be able to go to where they're most interested or even to just skip it and say, yeah, I don't really care about that. Um, if I'm an executive, I don't have time to do it. A another important part of presentations is making sure before you start a presentation, you think about what are the goals that you have for the presentation? Um, what do you want the result to be as you finish the presentation? And what's the message that you want to share? And then you outline that story by essentially saying, okay, slide one is going to be me putting the background. Slide two is going to be me telling this story. You tell the story with those slides. And at the end, you say, here's the result that we're asking for, whether it's action from the participants, help, whatever it is. Um, make sure that when you're creating presentations, you go through that initial organization uh, before you start. Um, the same would be the case just as we outline this for presentations. I, I, before you pivot to emails, I, I want to I wanna acknowledge... I, I know PowerPoints and presentations have literally gotten trashed. Um, and I, I think uh, that's because a lot of people use them as a crutch and they don't say anything. Uh, you know, it, it just with any of the communications, you have to be purposeful. So I, I will tell you that I, I know you'll, you know, might get some comments that like, oh, Jeff Bezos banned using PowerPoint and or Elon Musk. And what it is, 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 is their issue with it was people would come into a meeting to present an idea and they would use PowerPoint as a crutch and they didn't really fully flesh out, I think, through their ideas. So they forced them to essentially write a narrative and put it in like an essay format so that that could be pre-read and then debated in a meeting. So the meetings were useful. I'm all for making meetings useful. I'm a big fan of, of, of PowerPoint and people's attention spans are short. So you've got to you've got to get your message across. And, and, and it really is Jim something. speaks from personal experience. Oh, I mean, uh, Mike, totally. I mean, I. Ugh. But um, don't throw out the tool is what the point is. And I think Braden is he's going to get into emails. I think the concepts are like, just be thoughtful with your communications. What do you want to accomplish? Know your audience. right? So different audience levels and whatnot. And Braden's going to get into that. But anyways, um, I just want to throw that out and acknowledge that I know there's some backlash against presentations. But 
And you're you're right. The point of it is storyboard, and that's probably the best term for it is storyboard before you start writing slides. Yeah. So first talk about what the whole thing is going to be about, then go in there and say, okay, now I'm going to write this slide with that purpose in, in mind, etc. Believe it or not, the the um, the guidance for email communication is not all that different. You, you need organizers. So having subtitles, whenever I see an email that's a block of text that just goes on and on, I, more often than not, I might skip it. Or I might try to scan it really quick, but it's gonna, if it takes me too long to scan it, odds are I'm not going to give it great attention. When you're, when you're sending an email, one of my favorite techniques is to do bottom line up front. So what I'll do is I'll send, my, my email might really consist of primarily it's one or two sentences. And the one or two sentences might be, hey, I need action from uh, a number of my PMs to help me with this exercise. You know, the information I'm looking for is by such and such a time. Appreciate your help. Details are below, right? So up front, I can see someone needs action from me. It's for this group. And uh, um, here's why. And, And great. Now I have the context. Now I go down to the details. And the details I organize, again, if you're writing more than five or six sentences, break it apart and, and put a subtitle on it so that people say, what is this block of text about? So I can scan really quickly and understand where I'm going to, um, what the important part is. Aside from that organization and bottom line up front with emails, um, there's small things. Number one, always double check your distributions. You know, there's pranks out there like, you know, did you mean to reply all on that one? I think we've all either been the victim of that or or played it on someone, but check your distribution list so that you're comfortable and knowing, hey, did I leave someone off? Hey, should I leave someone off? And then also it sounds silly, um, but again, some of these details, think about the order of the distribution list. You know, oftentimes people have certain opinions about where they fall in the pecking order of the messages that you're sending. Um, who are you sending in the in the two line? Who are you sending in the copy line? What's the order that you're sending the, the recipients in the two in the copy. It sounds silly, I recognize, but if you're looking for small things that show attention to detail, those sorts of things can matter to people. And thinking about it and, and taking just a little bit of time to, to um, organize things in that way can go a long way in setting yourself apart from other people in your team, in the organization, et cetera. Jim, anything yeah. else that I missed uh, Yeah, there? just a, a, a couple of, of, of things that... Uh you know, over time I've found to be effective. So people get a lot of emails. So a lot of times now I'll actually put in a subject line. If I want some action to happen, I'll put, please read colon, or, um, instead of just making it a high priority email, I'll put like need feedback colon, uh, you know, just what the action is. So people can right away get an idea of, because, because uh, some purpose. emails are information only some yeah. information, some are, I need you to do something for me. So action required or something like I mean, that. I do. I, I, you know, and this gets nitpicky, but I'll put like, um, so if there's a meeting and there needs to be meeting minutes or an agenda, I'll put agenda colon meeting name or meeting minutes colon, you know, it's just a nice tidy way. And if you're consistent with it, again, it's going back to Braden's point. It reflects well on you that you're, you've thought out your communications and all of that. This is more of a communications thing you learn over time uh you know i've always asked for people to do something don't tell them you know so as much as you can would you mind you know checking this even though you know it may be their job and it's not enough to just use please just think about how you phrase your sentence like 
Hey, I know you're busy, but if you can have that to me by Friday at four, it would be really helpful versus like, you know, please have me this material by four o'clock on Friday. And I, those, those little things go a long way. I think. D- depending on the relationship, I might even throw a drop of humor in there too. Oh, yeah. If you could have it by Friday, that would be great. And I might even include like a little, you know, icon from uh, office space or something like that. Something just so that people understand, Hey, I'm, I'm not trying to be a punk about this. I'm, I'm trying to make it light. Go ahead and make sure you do that from now on. That would be great. But so that's the written communication piece of things. Maybe talk to us a little bit about verbal. Yeah. So I think as you could probably see, Braden and I still have some work to do in this area. Uh, given the podcast, <laughs> so, um, I think, I think in, oh. in, in Braden again, um, I'll put it out there that generally I'm an introverted person. Um, putting a podcast out kind of goes against the fact that I'm introverted, but in, in, in general settings, I'm not super comfortable just going up to people and I'm, I'm not a confrontational person. You know, it's a necessary part of your job, you know, knowing that you're going to get into a conversation, there's going to be some level of discomfort and whatnot. You got to get used to it because it's a part of the job. But I think, you know, just, just general, it's a little bit harder now that a lot of work is remote, but you know, if you have the ability to try to have a conversation casually with someone, Braden calls it the the walk up, right? Um, uh, can, when, can I just jump in on please, it, Jim? Do Cause, it, cause cause just, there's, there's one, the, the walk up is an art form. If you want to see yeah. it in action, right? Go, go to the, any of the execs sitting along a wall somewhere in offices and you'll notice they're rarely in their office because they're usually talking to people face to face and, and, the walk-up, as I call it, it usually happens in the context of an email chain that's going on too long. So you'll you'll see, I, I can't tell you the number of people who come up to me and say, why won't this guy, you know, do do what I'm asking? I say, well, yeah, show me what, what's going on. And they'll show me an email chain of 300 emails going back and forth. And I just, I, I say, okay, at what point should we have stopped the flame war with the emails and just stood up? And, and more often than not, the guy sits five cubes down in the office or something, right? It happens all the time. Stand up, get over, and, and talk to the guy. And there's lots of ways of doing it, right? But the primary purpose of a walk-up, there's two, right? One is you establish rapport with someone. So the next time that you've got an issue, it doesn't take 300 emails. It says, that's 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 Jim, I know Jim. He walked into my office. He gave me his candy jar. Like, we're friends, Jim and I. Now, okay, maybe, you know, he didn't give me his candy jar, whatever it is. But finding ways. And, and so when you go into the, the person's, you know, desk, cube, office, whatever it is, your goal is to establish rapport with the person. Get to know them a little bit. Don't just jump in and say, hey, you know, why aren't you responding to my email? Walk in and say, Jim, I thought you sat over here. You're like, I'm only like five cubes down. That's hilarious. And oh my gosh, you're a Packers fan. Tell me about the Packers. But the, the point is you, you're trying to get to know the person a little bit, establish some rapport. And yes, you'll get the, the second purpose. And it's much more a secondary purpose than a primary purpose is. You're going to resolve the problem, right? You'll sit down and face to face. You're going to solve much faster than you can the stupid back and forth with the emails. But the point is, the next time it happens through the walk-up, you have now gone to the top of this guy's queue in terms of 
handling problems because the next email that you send to this person, they're going to say, I, I know Jim. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to solve the problem with Jim because he came into my, you know, cube and spent some time with me. Jim, if you're, if you're not comfortable with that, what, what are some alternatives maybe? Yeah. No, no. So, I mean, I, I, I hit it head on. So, so my techniques for ice breaking are, are not what most people are, but I mean, it's, you know, I will go up and be like, like, like feign real anger. And I'll be like, what is your problem, man? Why can you not just do what I tell you to do? And, and look at their face and be like, dude, I'm just kidding. Or whatever the icebreaker technique is uh, with that. Um, if there's a lot of tension, I'll just do, do something stupid, but, but yeah, no, there's a, a lot to be said with that. Uh, virtual is, is hard. So I'll cover virtual. If you're, if you're yeah. not a humorist, by the way, I, yeah. I'm dead serious. When I say bring a candy jar, no one, no one says no when someone has food in hand and comes in and sets it down and and just starts Not talking sure in a like, white van or something. But um, well, even then, I mean, if it's sugar cubes, but I'm just saying, find some way, whatever works for you. If it's if it's food, if it's humor, whatever it is, but find some way of establishing rapport. Or get them to come to you too. So that was the thing. Um, to Brayden's point, my my uh, well, cubes or offices, I always had had enticements in there. Candy. Was, was your, did your, did your office look like a white van, Jim? Is that, <laughs> no. oh, did, did you play ice cream truck music in yeah. in front of your, okay. Awesome. No, we have store. <laughs> we have, we have just, I'm thinking of some funny office stories. Um, um, it's a little tougher when you're in a remote work environment, but same principles apply. Have a video call, turn your video camera on and the other person's going to feel obliged to turn theirs on. They won't always, you know, this is not rocket science and you can pick up a thousand books on this on human communication, picking up verbal cues, seeing a person and establishing that, uh, you know, connected. a big part of why Brayden and I decided to do a video based um, podcast. Uh, I think it's it it's more effective in many ways. I certainly was not comfortable physically doing it. I'll tell you that. Um, but I, uh, but I think it, it's, it can be more engaging. Um, so, you know, I, I think on that just, verb- Jim, just, just turning your video on yeah. will set you apart. Literally, if all you do is you're the one person who has your video on more consistently, yeah. you're already in a, in a largely remote environment you're going to already find yourself being set apart because you're like, Hey, I'm listening and I'm showing that I'm listening. Yeah. And I think, I think just, just basic stuff. I mean, and again, I, I think this should be common sense, but like, you know, have a clean, make sure your, your environment is clean, that you're dressed appropriately, that you don't have your animals jumping on. Now, if you have an established relationship with somebody and your cat jumps in your lap or something, that's a little bit different, but like generally when you're, you know, just, Hold yourself up to as high a professional level as you can with that. It makes a difference. In meetings, this is a big thing for project managers. You need to get good at a lot of things, and you're going to learn the hard way. And hopefully people will give you feedback and not just cut you out or like just ignore you, right? One of the most important things that I see so many PMs not doing, and it's mainly because they're so focused on saying the right things and getting their message across that they're not looking at the audience. Look at your audience, read the room. Um, you'll learn a lot, keep people engaged. So if you find that you're talking about something and people are suddenly checking their phone more often or down or talking to each other, change, pivot, be like, I, I think you guys got the gist of this, you know, move on and whatnot. But you have to make your content engaged. Braden's obviously got some 
he's thinking either of memories or stories. I'm, I'm I just, the number of times, uh, Jim, the number of times where, and I'm sure you've been in them too. Uh, we've probably been in the same meeting where we're at a, it, it's not even a big group. It's maybe like 10 or 12 people. There's a few execs that you're trying to present to. And the execs are very subtly, sometimes less subtly looking at their laptop. Right. And it's not, you know, you haven't shared the presentation, the presentation's up on the screen and they're checked out. So whatever it is that you're doing, you know, and, and that's the point where you probably say, uh, hey, let me give you my last slide, right? Let me let me give you the bottom line and uh, we'll let you move on. Sounds like it looks like you guys have other stuff that's going. Yeah, no, I mean, maybe not that blunt up front. I mean, you get to a point where you could be like that, but the bottom line is, right, get to the key things that you need out of that meeting. So again, going back to the presentation, make sure before you go into a presentation, you know what you want to get out of that presentation. So if you need someone to... Um, accept a risk or or accept a solution for a problem because it's blocking something make sure that's highlighted and you know i mean you could you don't spend 20 minutes highlighting your accomplishments about how you implement a new no one cares i mean honestly i mean it's nice from a team perspective to show what your team accomplished but bottom line is the executives in those meetings especially like steering committee meetings are there to help you unblock and 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 you know help you move through those and you know, not burn their time. They'll appreciate if you give them back, if it's an hour meeting, you give them back 30 minutes. They'll love it. Um, so it still looks like you had something else. That. No, well, I mean, you're, you're jumping into the, really the next, what, this is the, yeah. so the next topic I know that we wanted to cover. Was oh yeah, no, no, it's a good, it's a good pivot. Yeah. Communicating at different levels. And so you know, one of the first things that, that I'll say is, and, and so let's start by communicating up and especially to executives. When you're communicating to executives, Jim just hit on probably one of the most important things that I've seen more commonly than anything else in my in my career, and that is great PMs that are doing great work that want to essentially get credit or even let's say that they're being less selfish and they're saying, I want to give credit to my team. As Jim said, it's not that the, the executives don't care. They care. They're glad that all of that good work's doing. They just don't have time to listen to you tell about all these great accomplishments. They don't. And um, oftentimes PMs are just spending three quarters. You know, if I've got a five minute window to give an update to an exec among other PMs, I'm not going to spend it telling them about the great accomplishments. What I might say is I might summarize all of those great accomplishments and saying we are on track or uh, uh, there's been a lot of great work that's happened. And 90% of it is, is doing fantastic. Let me focus our time on the 10% that we're having a challenge with so that I can, A, make sure you guys know what we're doing about it. That's always what you want to start is don't bring, don't bring a prop problem that you haven't already tried to solve yourself. And then B, say, here's how we're looking for your help, right? So, so don't spend time telling executives all the great work that you've done as much as you want to. There are times for that. There are celebration or other things where you can say, hey, we're in production or hey, we're this. But for the most part, you want to see here's here's how we can enlist your help. Um, when you're talking to executives, it's always got to be bottom line up front. So even before you start in any of it, um, the, the first thing that you probably want to say up front is you're going to say um, we're, you know, the project is yellow status because of two issues. We have um, line of sight to solving both of those issues and uh, um we're, we're anticipating getting back on schedule within the next two weeks. Do you want me to tell you the details of that? 
So that in the exec's head, they say, okay, yes, I want to hear about the issues and I want to hear how you're solving them or how you need our help. So bottom line up front, then talk about the details behind that versus if you're talking to technical teams, right? So now let's talk about talking down or laterally, right? If I'm talking to technical teams, um, I can change the approach that I'm taking. As I'm talking to technical teams, I'm probably actually going to flesh out solutions and say, guys, let's spend some time in the details of the approach that we're taking, the expectations around timing, the, you know, if we want to set up some breakout sessions to, to dive into the details of what the solution looks like, et cetera, that's great. Let, let the, the working teams spend time in the solution. You don't need to abstract that. In fact, you, you probably sometimes have to spend more time than you would prefer in those details. Um, so, so being aware of your audience, what level they are and what they need versus saying, here's what I want to share with people um, is, is probably the, the one thing that will set you apart. If you go into those executive meetings with the bottom line up front, details behind, you are going to quickly set yourself as, as someone who they like communicating with um, and give yourself opportunities. Jim, any, anything yeah, else? Just, just on, two on things. Topics? So yeah. um, I think, you know, we talk about this, but, you know, again, it'll change how you present if you put people on a pedestal, respect people's time, respect their position, respect all of that. But again, you know, the more you put people on a pedestal, the more trouble you're going to have just having a good communication uh, with them. So, uh, you know, this is, this is a lesson learned. I mean, when I was young in my career, you know, you, you get in a room with a, a CEO and you're like, oh my, you know, you're so nervous. But, but again, just realize they have a job to do too. It's just a different, a different job with more responsibilities and their time is valuable. So, you know, all those things Braden said, and then here's, here's one other, one other thing that um, is really critical. Don't make <laughs> don't like if you do not have an answer for something, do not make something up. Be confident in what you know, be even more confident in what you don't know. Right. And it's OK because you're not going to know everything. I've been doing this 25 years and in a certain industry. And yeah, maybe I know 90 percent of some topic, but inevitably it's going to be something I do not know. Be like, that's a great question. Let me get back to you. There's lots of techniques on how to do that. But just you know, be confident what you don't know. Um, it's, it's just as important in building the people's trust and confidence in you and your ability to do the job. So aside from, you know, again, communications and how you communicate, again, another way of, of, of kind of the silent communication is your physical, your physical presentation. I mean, that the thing I was told right when I started my career is dress dress to match the level you want to be at. A lot of that's changed. I used to have to wear a tie when I first went into the office. I think when I started at Cigna, I actually wore a tie um, for a stretch. Um, but, you know, take care of your physical appearance. Stay groomed. Uh, stay groomed and take showers. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, <laughs> so don't wear, don't wear obnoxious uh, colognes or perfumes, um, you know, things like that, dress up, dress appropriately, whatever, whatever that means. I mean, even, even more appropriately, you, you don't have to, again, if set yourself apart, uh, you, you can go one step yeah. above Yeah. with, without going crazy, you know, you don't want to wear a tux and a tie or whatever else. Uh, 
No, I mean, I chose, uh, you know, I, when I found there was a version of Spanx for men where, you know, you know, a compression, uh, compression undershirts, um, you know, that's that's an option uh, much easier than than dieting and losing weight. Again, first impressions make a difference. I, I, I am overweight now and Braden will argue with me on this, but I, I'll straight up, you know, I get around it with my experience and my extreme wet and charm and everything else. But I mean, you know, just <laughs> I, I it does it does make a difference. I mean, my goodness, we've worked we've had we've worked with people who actually didn't shower and we've had to talk to them <laughs> that you have to shower. <laughs> I mean, these are all things that build good relationships and, and, and build your brand. And then, uh, you know, there's a lot to get into here. It's probably worthy of its own episode, but external branding. So anytime, anything you post on social media, unless you're very thoughtful about locking it down, it's inevitably going to be out there. Um, you, you have dedicated professional uh, social media networks like LinkedIn be very thoughtful about your LinkedIn. Again, it's the same concept of what you talked about in the emails and the presentations. What is it that you want to communicate? And does your message communicate that? It's and, not just LinkedIn. I mean, all, all of oh, your all social of media is going to be found, you know, by, by various of your colleagues. Yeah. And, and regardless of how careful you are of locking it down, it will get out there. And so you've got to be mindful of it. And, you know, and own it. And look, and I'm not saying don't, don't censor yourself per se, like be a person, being an individual who's different is, is, is hugely important. Just don't be an idiot. Like, like yeah, it doesn't mean right? don't have fun. I, don't post those crazy, silly pictures. No, just, I will give you another them. one. Leave religion and politics out of as much as you can out of your, your public profiles. And everybody has an opinion and whatnot. People will not interview you if you, if they see that your uh, political views aren't aligned with theirs. Like, so sometimes, sometimes, uh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen it straight up. It can't happen. So yep. not saying don't have those views. I'll state it as realize that anything you post will have potentially a consequence. And if you're okay with accepting that, that's fine, but just be aware of that consciously network. That's all I'll say on that. Go have lunch with people. It's hard if you're busy, especially if you have families, you don't have a lot of time. Make time, even if it's once a quarter, every six months, have lunch, find ment find a mentor if you can, right? That networking is how you want to find your professional development opportunities. You don't want to have to go to job boards. You don't want to have to submit resumes. Those references will help you land opportunities and things like that. Any other parting, parting thoughts, Braden? No, I think I think even even if you're able to do some of these right, yeah. I mean, we we gave a whole bunch, but um, you you'd be surprised at how simple it is to set yourself apart by doing simple things consistently. The only other one that I just thought of, and, and again, it's a simple one, but being on time. Oh, um, sure. You yes. want to set yourself apart? Be consistently on time to a meeting. Be the first one there. Yeah, be the first. Dialed one there. in. Be dialed in a couple of minutes early. You, you set yourself apart. It, it, they sound so simple, but if you're consistent with them, um, you really can. And it gives you opportunities that, that you might otherwise uh, not have. Yep. Other than that, That's Jim, I, I think that that wraps this one up. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining this uh, latest uh, or watching this latest episode. And uh, please uh, give us a, give us a follow. If you like the content, interact, leave comments. We're, uh, we're working really hard to get this distributed widely share with your friends and family. If you think they would find this useful, I think our episodes do kind of hit different audiences. Each of them, we hope, um, at least some of these hit, hit, hit a sweet spot for what you're looking for. So as always, any feedback is appreciated and we'll see you next time.
See you guys. See ya.